Hello, welcome to From the Rookery End in Woking. Uh, I'm joined pre-match outside the uh, Witherspoons pub uh, by Colin. Good afternoon. Kieran. Hello. And uh, Ollie Wicken. Hello. Third round of the FA Cup. It's the magic of the FA Cup. We are about to go in. Now, Ollie, you've been mentally preparing yourself for, for this tie, haven't you? Uh, I have. Both directions, both the, uh, the terrible, terrible outcome uh, that could result or something lovely. Which, more, which one have you prepared more for, the terrible outcome or the lovely outcome? If I'm honest, <laughs> if I'm honest, I've visualised failure. <laughs> and what does that look like? Um, well, um, yeah, no Premier League team has ever lost to anyone at Tier 6 or below. Just record humiliation for the rest of our lives, as far as I can tell. Because I hadn't thought about it like that. I thought about, oh, you know, it'd be a bit sad to lose the cup, but... I suppose I'd never really looked at the difference. Apparently it's 101 places uh, in the pyramid from us to them. Colin, though, this is the FA Cup. We, we've said this is magical and we said this is uh, an important thing. At this point in the season, though, is it an important thing? And should Harry be picking a 100% attacking, first-rate Watford 11? He should, but he's not going to. Despite the fact that we are very comfortable in the league, and so he could afford to pick his first 11 but he's not going to do that partly because they've just played about 84 games in six days so there's presumably some fatigue in the squad but as you said this is the magic of the cup and that's why we're all here because it is romantic for a Premier League side which is not something that we're necessarily that used to yet coming to a a tier six side to a ground that's about 5,000 seater with an old-fashioned terrace some of the Watford fans would be the first time they've ever stood on a terrace, an actual terrace. They've stood at away games, but not on a terrace. So I think what we've seen earlier in the season in the EFL Cup, when we played Reading, who are a championship side, and we played Tottenham, who are a Premier League side, we were able to make changes, bring in players like Queener, like Wilmot, play success. And I think we've got a squad where he can make seven or eight changes and it actually won't make us that much weaker. We should be able to see off Woking. But obviously, as the game approaches, as two o'clock approach a strange time for a kickoff. Uh, I'm beginning to feel more and more like Oli they've scored 46 goals in their last 22 games <laughs> why did you tell me that now well exactly so someone's just told me that so I'm like oh right well they're going to score then um, but it's, you know I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to a tight little ground uh, slightly overweight non-league players <laughs> running in and tackling like loonies uh, and I hopefully Deanie will start and I think if Deanie starts that, that gives us a player on the pitch that's, that knows what this is like he started his, his career at Warsaw he's a tough character and I, I think he can lead us and some of the players that will never have played in a game like this particularly the youngsters um, so yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to it it is romantic it is, it is about magic because it never happens at any other time of the year yeah it should so be great can, can I just rebut that you and your romantic claptrap <laughs> you made me drive to Scarborough yes in the third round, in well. the early 1990s was there anything romantic apart oh actually no we, went, we left London so early uh, that the sky was beautiful behind us in the rearview mirror, I remember. It was red and That blue. was the last romantic moment of the day. Was it, was it, was it a nil-all draw? It certainly was, yeah. At the McCain Oven Chip Stadium. Yeah. And it was a poor game. But then we weren't great Welcome then. to the third round of the FA Cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Kieran, though, we, we've, we've seen uh, the League Cup, you know, what, what, how Harry treats a, a cup game and there were 11 changes he made um, uh, against Reading in the first round of the well, not first round, second round but our first round uh, of the League Cup. Do you, do you think that's what he should do or more actually what he needs to do as a manager of a big squad of players? 
Well, I think, and this is the thing, isn't it? You now look at the squad that we've got. When we made six changes in the recent game against Newcastle, there was a, a mixed reaction to that, wasn't there? Because uh, some of us looked at it as, well, those players have already played first-team football already. You had Will Hughes come in and a few others. And there are others that were saying, well, that's too many changes. It makes the team disjointed. And we didn't play well against Newcastle, did we? That's, that's the honest assessment. So, I, I, I mean, I look at it from, only from a personal perspective. I would, I would like him to go with a, a relatively strong side because I think we have a genuine chance of having a really good cup run. I think we've got the depth in the squad now. There's no excuses. Back in the day when we were a Championship League One side, you have to manage the players that you've got. It's a long old season. Uh, even in the first probably year, two years of the Premier League, we probably didn't have the squad to be able to compete in a number of competitions. And now we have that depth where you can bring in players who should be... Of a, of a quality that are able to, to convincingly and comfortably win a tie like this. But we've been in positions like this before. Okay, We've never played teams that are five tiers above us, but I remember when we were a championship club or a League One club and we got drawn against a Premier, a Premier League side. You get a buzz. You know, you really, you know, you want to go there and you want to impress. I remember the game against Chelsea at Vicarage Road when we drew 2-2 and, and Haider scored that, that goal <laughs> that was definitely over the line. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll be up for it, for sure. I mean, I heard one of their players on, on BBC Five Live with uh, Troy Deeney was in the studio and they had one of their players uh, on the phone and he said, you know, the only way that I'm going to be able to command respect from Troy Deeney is if I put him into Rosette. <laughs> so, you know, and, and Troy Deeney had a smile on his face and said, you know what, I'll be knocking on the, on yeah, the gaffer's yeah, yeah. door tomorrow morning at 9am because he clearly, he, he's up for this. And, and he said, you know, I've been there. You know, bricklayer by trade. I know what these players have gone through. I know how much of a big deal it is. I love it when, you know, you have TV stations, when they list the non-league clubs, they put their position, then they put their job next to it, don't they? So <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's, you know, I saw an interview, one of them, one of them's a teacher, you know, he was saying it, it, it's an example that he can set to, to his pupils if you work hard enough you can you can achieve you know good things and, and this is a big day for them it's their it's their cup final I think he will make changes I think some of the changes are not actually changes though are they so if he brings in Messina instead of Holobas exactly Messina has played quite a yeah. number of minutes in the Premier League this season and we, that's what, but that's exactly what we and thought exactly. when we played Newcastle and it didn't go well did no, it no it didn't go well that's true and that, there were a lot of games in a very short space yeah, of time yeah, yeah. plus a Christmas dinner and a few beers I suspect <laughs> but, um, and a player like Wilmot for instance who's, who's been brought up at Stephen is used to playing in games like this. The most important thing is, no matter who we play, as long as we're up for the physical fight. Because when we went to Millwall, do you remember we went to Millwall yeah. a couple of years ago? We lost 1-0 and, um, and then miraculously beat Arsenal for four days later. But that, that's not the point. Um, at Millwall, the Millwall players said the, the Watford players weren't up for it. They were yeah. moaning to the ref, complaining, yeah. or oh, they weren't up for the fight. And it's like, well, today we have to be up for that. And that's number one priority. You have to be ready to take them on physically. Obviously, we've got better players than them. Obviously, we've got more skillful players than them. But, you know, if we don't, if we allow ourselves to be intimidated in the slightest, we put ourselves on the back foot and we can't afford to do that. But, Ollie, part of your mental preparation for this, what, what, what are you having to do throughout this game as a Watford fan? Are you expecting certain scores at certain times? Well, as part of my preparation, I've been watching some very dull games on BT Sports <laughs> over the last two days where the big team is not very good, is, doesn't seem interested, seems a bit bored, seems a bit lazy. Um, and I'm, I'm expecting that. I've, I'm, I was doing that so I could be prepared to see Watford <laughs> really not do much for the first half, maybe for the first three quarters of the game, um, and just rely on being a better team to, to grub a couple of goals, which seems to be the strategy. And I, I fear that. I fear it dreadfully. I don't want to spend the rest of my life hearing the word woking and flinching <laughs> 
and crying, not just on the inside, but on the outside probably as well. I don't know if you know this, but in, in casinos in Las Vegas, uh, when someone's on a winning streak, when people are happy and optimistic and winning money, the casino ha have these people called coolers. And they are people that come and sit next to the person that's winning and talk to them in quite negative ways. And they depress the person who's winning and suddenly they start losing. And I think Ollie may, may well be <laughs> casting that role today because I'm starting to feel a slight sense of, a massive sense of dread. That every time they say, next stop Woking for the rest of my life, like, oh, what? Let's hope not. I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course. I mean, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, I am exaggerating. I mean, I, I, one of the interesting things is that we really don't want to be the first game of match of the day tonight. Oh. I think a lot of Watford fans think we don't get the, uh, the press coverage that we should be getting. <laughs> we really don't want the press coverage today. We want this to be a non-story, hopefully from fairly early on in the game, from three or four minutes in, that the, the, the story just peters out uh, instantly. That's what we want. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Kieran, though, the, the change we could make, and we are, we are talking a couple of hours or an hour and a half for the games. We know what the team's going to be. But the player you really want to see today is Penyaranda. I mean, what a baptism of fire that is to come into English football. Here you go, mate. Sixth tier of English football on a non-league, non-league, uh, non-league stadium. That's the magic. With a, with a load of, you know, part-time players. But... I'm not going to lie. I don't think we'll see Penyaranda today. I, I, I would love to see him, but I, I just I don't even know when he played his last football either. I mean, he's not he's not played all season for us, and I don't even know what his uh, appearances were like at his previous club. I don't think he's played for quite some time, and I, and I just a year. Yeah. So I mean, do you throw him straight into a game when you've not played for a year against a non-league side in an FA Cup tie? I don't I don't think we see him. I think you throw him in though. I think you throw him in when you're at least one when you're two nil up. Might, you throw him in. You don't start him, but you throw him yeah, in. I think he comes off the bench. I think he comes off the bench. I don't think you start him, but if he's available, I think get a bit of a lead, hopefully. Give him that insight into what English football is all about. And actually, do you know what? Give him a little bit of the rough stuff. You know, I don't see that that's a problem. I think this is a this is an opportunity to introduce him and then hopefully, you know, it's like an education, isn't it, for someone like him? Also, he's, he's from Venezuela. He, he would have, he would have grown up playing street football. He'd have uh, played for clubs. It's not cold in Venezuela. It's not cold. That's true. But you know, it's a bit of a misnomer, and it's something that annoys me slightly when when we hear this. Oh, these Latin American players are not up for the fight. I mean, they have had to fight their way. Some of them from a very lowly beginnings to get to where they are now. They they know what it takes. They have that fire in their belly. People like Pereira and. Um, and, and I suspect someone like Penaranda. Also, you, you get little clues from Javi, don't you, in his press conferences. He, he'll say something like, well, he is training quite well and he is ready. So you think, oh, OK, so he's ready, is he? OK, so he's, he's in a good moment at the moment, or whatever, whatever the phrase is. So you, and he's been talking like that about Penaranda. I think he's looking to get him in. And he's definitely going to be in the squad today. And I, I suspect he will start on the bench because I think the team, the second, this kind of second 11 team slightly picks itself because I'm sure Queen will start. I'm sure Wilmot will start, uh, but not at the back, probably in midfield. I'm sure Cleverly will start because he's definitely ready for a start, it seems to me. And Hughes, who isn't a change, is he, really? Mm -hmm. And remember, Cleverly is an England international. And then Ken Semmer, who we've been talking about playing on the wrong side of the pitch but then has a big effect on the result against Bournemouth may very well go over to the left side of the pitch because Pereira presumably won't play and um, he may be on the bench we don't know but these changes that we're talking about are actually it's about making a team out of players that have played a lot and giving a rest to some of the players that have I don't expect Delafeo will start I'm sure Pereira won't start but I, I think Dini I think Dini's the key and I suspect yesterday noon 
at London Colney, he walked in to have his office. He went, you are playing me tomorrow, aren't you? Because this is a game for me. I'm Troy Deeney, by the way. I don't know if you've met me. And I'm the captain of this club and I'm playing in this FA Cup. And I'd be, I'd be amazed if he doesn't start. I would. The one player that I'd like to see is Chalabar because it's gone a little bit quiet on him and the games that we've seen him playing since he's come back from injury he's looked off the pace and I, look I don't want to I don't want players that are off the pace playing in, in any game but the only way that you get up to speed is by playing matches and it's gone a little bit quiet on him so I, I would like to see him play today I'd like to see him get 90 minutes I would like to see him dominate a midfield even doesn't matter who it's against even if it's against a, a sixth tier uh, team in an FA Cup tie because we need to get him firing and fit because I really, really rate Nathaniel Chalabar and I think if he's fit and 100%, percent could be a massive asset for our football club. But at the moment, it, he is well, has looked well off the pace and the only way that he's going to get up to speed is by playing in games like this or, I dread to say it, we loan him out. But I would rather see him here. I'd rather see him playing, so I think he should play today. What's great about recording these, uh, I go home and I edit them afterwards and I can edit out all this stuff that we've talked about, what we think might happen, what might happen and make it seem like we know exactly what happened. But I'm going to keep it in because <laughs> this is the FA Cup and you never know, we might be completely wrong. But that's the fun of the FA Cup, not the magic. From the rookery end. It is FA Cup and time for uh, another From the Rookery End quiz. Uh, we did one, uh, our way trip to Southampton last year in the fourth round, uh, which uh, was quite hard. With 10 questions, I've shrunk it down a bit and it's only five. Colin, you took part last year. How did you feel it went last year? Not great, to be honest. <laughs> Not great. My, my deep background knowledge and my long-term memory... Uh, yeah, I think it's fading with the, uh, the passing of the years. And uh, Kieran, you and Mike were a team last time. How do you think you can do this time? Well, I'm missing my Happy Egg Company partner today, so <laughs> I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> that was your team then, the Happy Eggs. So five questions, uh, a bit more uh, multiple choice. Uh, Phil is with us. Phil, um, how long have you been a Watford fan? Uh, since birth, I came out with a scarf on. Yeah. So was that 21 years? <laughs> so, similar, 56 years. Yeah. So uh, lots of knowledge, and for one question, one question only each, you can pull on Phil for not necessarily an answer, but at least a good discussion. Question number one. In the 1990s, how many FA Cup ties did Watford play? The nearest guess will win a point. You'll get two points if you get it spot on. So in the 1990s, how many games in the FA Cup did Watford play? There's a lot of fingers being yeah. counted on here. <laughs> this could take a while. I'm not referring to you. In the 90s, we did, or was it the 80s that we did really? It was probably the 80s that we got to the fifth round and we had a record for getting to the fifth round. That was the 80s. Kieran! That was the semi final, didn't we? That was the 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, you see? So you don't remember the 1990s FA Cup, really? Nothing majorly happened. So how many games do you think, Kieran? Uh, Ten years, I don't know. We weren't, weren't our best in the 90s, were we? So I would say probably 30. 30 for Kieran. Uh, a surprise? Is he mad? Is he How mad? Many then? Well, we were in League One in the 90s, which means we started in the first round, so that does possibly give us an extra couple of games. But I think I don't think we did very well in the 90s, so I'm going to go for high, uh, 10 years, 18. The point goes to Kieran because it was 25. Oh. Bonus question. In those 11 seasons... 
because one of them, of course, the 99-2000 season, we started the third round in December, the year when Manchester United came out of it because of the uh, World Club Cup, whatever you want to call it, competition. How many times did we not get past the third round out of 11 seasons? Colin? Um, I'm just having a little think-up about that. I'm going to go with six. Kieran? Uh, I'm going to go five. The answer is seven. Point to Colin. One, one. Question two. Who was the last non-league side Watford played in the FA Cup? I think that might be the game that me and Ollie went to, so I think that might be Scarborough. Kieran? I saw this online, I think, oh, but yeah, I can't remember. Did. I can't remember who it was against. It was, I think, it was mid '90s. It was. It was '95, and I can't remember who it was. It, it'll, it'll kill me. <laughs> you can ask a friend. Yeah. Okay. Phil's being brought in. Kieran's one and only chance to phone a friend. Phil, you know Phil, I both of your friends, am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, really? One each. Oh, you see, I, I mean, I'd forgotten about Scarborough. I'd forgotten about the one in the 90s. <laughs> I'm stuck in the 80s again, and I've gone for Harlow, which is obviously wrong. They all are all wrong. It was 96-97 season, Ashford Town. Ashford. David Connolly coming on as a substitute and scoring a hat-trick. Oh. the only time that's happened in Watford's history, I think. What, we got a hat-trick in the FA Cup or substitutes on it? Substitutes scoring a hat-trick. That's why you have the right of Hornet Heaven to add to this quiz. Question three. During his two spells in charge at Watford, how many times did Graham Taylor not win at least one FA Cup tie? Thinking that, of course, we didn't always start in the third round. How many times did he not win at least one FA Cup tie? Is it A, never, B, once, C, Three times, A, B, or C. You can both get a point for this if you pick the same answer. Well, in, sorry, can I just in his entire time as Watford manager, how many times did, did he, he not, not win, win in any season? In any season, he, was, he had a lot of long spells. I would have to go with C. C. Three times. Colin, am I allowed to ask, uh, answer the same? You can if you want. Do you know what? I'm, go- I'm going to go. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for B. It was never, so no points for anybody. Uh, the only time he never made in the third round. Oh, I was wrong. Uh, question number four. This is who can last the longest. In the 2015 season, Watford made it to the semi-finals. But which players played in the fourth round tie, a 1-0 away win against Forest? You can take it in turns to guess one player. The one who lasts the longest will win the point. So, who played in that game against Forrest? Who goes first? Got him. Igalo. He was a substitute. I will take that. He, was a, he played. He played. He scored the yeah, goal, no, John. Yes, but he played. I'm not just taking, I'm not just taking starting 11. Uh, Pantilliman. Correct. Ben Watson. He played. <laughs> Alan Neon. Played in that game. Um, tricky. Uh, You're thinking now? Did did uh, did Kike? Was he take the cup seriously, especially the fourth round? No, he didn't take it that seriously. Although I mean, we had a bit of a scratchy run to the semi-final, apart from the Arsenal game. Um, Forest away. Alman Abdi. Correct. Kieran, this to stay in the competition. Gala came on as a sub, so Troy must have started that one. Troy did start. Back to Ooh. Colin. Ooh. Uh, Herrelio Gomez. Oh, no! no! 
no! Wait, yes, but Kieran still needs to get one more to get the point. Florado. He came on as a substitute <laughs> and he wins. Point to Kieran. Pantelimon, Neom, Prudel, Kathkar, Aki, Watson, Guardiola, Anya, Gerardo, Dini, Igalo, Abdi, Paredes. And who made his debut for an extra point for Colin? Who made his debut in that game? Oh, it wasn't Valon Barami, was it? No, it was Nord. It was Nordin Amrabat. Nordin Amrabat. Nordin Amrabat. Still two-one to Kieran. Question five. Question five. Final question. I haven't used my ask a friend. You haven't. Yes, I think it might be wasted. What? Question five. Watford first entered the FA Cup in 1886 and lost one-nil against Swindon Town. I knew that. But what year? I knew you knew that. But what year did Watford first make it to the third round? The nearest gets the point. Oh, okay. The nearest gets the point. The first one was 8086. I Kieran's gonna go first on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna help I'm gonna get my trusted assistant Arlo is just a Arlo, how are so, you? Arlo. Good. So what do you think? If we've 1886 first entered the cup, when did we first get to the third round? What do you reckon? 18. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Kieran, your friend isn't answering. <laughs> what is your answer then, Kieran? It's the third round, 1886. Let's go for. Let's go for. Let's go 10 years after. Let's go 1896. 1896, Kieran goes. Remember, uh, it's no, nearest. I think it's the year that we were invincible under Johnny Goodall. So I'm going to go 1903. We didn't make it to the third round until 1924. <laughs> we lost at home 1-0 to Newcastle, but the nearest was Colin. So we currently have a 2-2 draw. A 2 all draw, which is what I would take this afternoon <laughs> after speaking to Ollie for about 40 minutes. I'd take a 2 all draw all day long. Uh, and that is the, uh, the end of the third round, Watford FC FA Cup quiz for the 2018-2019 season. A draw. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. At the FSF Awards, where we picked up uh, Club Podcast of the Year, just to remind you of that one, uh, we were chatting to Martin Tyler, who's going to be the assistant manager today at Woking. Uh, he'll be in the dugout, uh, not in the uh, press box, doing the commentary, as he normally does for Sky Sports. And uh, you spoke to him, uh, Colin, at that event, and he gave us a challenge. Yeah, he, he, uh, he mentioned a player that I'd not heard of called George Harris, who'd started his career, or certainly played for Woking, and then uh, moved to Watford and played for about three or four or five seasons uh, in the late 50s, early 60s. And um, then I discovered that one of the chaps that sits behind me in the rookery end, a guy called Graham Walker, it was a ball boy at the time that George Harris was playing. So I went along to a City Horns event in, in the West End, just off the Strand, and had a chat with him about George Harris. So Graham, you were a ball boy at the time. He was a right winger, left wing, left left winger. Um, just tell us a little bit about your memories of George. 
he operated within a few yards of my position, so I, I, I was, you know, close up and, and comfortable with him. He was a good-looking dude, and he was a left winger at a time when it was two fullbacks, three midfield players, and five forwards, you know, in the program and pretty much as they played it. As a left winger, he was the top scorer for Watford for at least a couple of seasons. Lots of headers, and he, he, he scored more goals than he assisted. And so, was he quite was he quite a quick player that got got down to the byline and crossed it over, or was he one of those wingers that drifted inside and looked looked to get his head on it or get or drive into the box with the ball at his feet? From my memory, and maybe I do him a disservice, but I don't remember his. Uh, he was, he was not a scullion, put it that way. And my memories of him really were the rocket headers. He would come in as the ball, Watford would attack down the right. He would come in from the left and he'd score from, you know, from at the far post with, with the centres that came over. Yeah, it's interesting. We don't really see that quite so much now because we play most, the most teams play with kind of what fullbacks that do have that role or wingbacks. Right, yeah, we yeah. don't see those wingers coming in as soon as the ball's on the other side of the pitch. The other winger comes right in into space. No one's looking at him, and bang, there's there's the header. Yeah, that's um, right. So, did you ever have any? Did you pass? The, you must have given the ball to him loads of times for throw-ins and so on. But did you have any chats with him? Do you, do you remember what he was like as a man? Not really. No, no. From that era, I mean, he he was one of our better players at a time when we were not all that. To be honest, we weren't all that good. Mid-table mediocrity for you know two or three seasons uh, so he stood out as a goal scorer during that time in terms of uh, sort of interactions with him I don't recall anything uh, specific with him I mean there are one or two characters in the side the ball boys used to change in a, an annex next to the away dressing room so we would occasionally see the home players trooping in and out but essentially I saw many many naked footballers uh, all of whom were <laughs> It wouldn't, now, would it? it wouldn't be allowed now, it wouldn't be allowed now. So what, what, what years were they? What years were you a ball boy? Oh, well, I started, well, I was nine years old uh, in 1959, and I started then, and I finished being a ball boy in 64, so I did five years. I was 14 when I finished. And George was um, was playing for most of those years, was no, he? No, no, he was the latter years. I, I mean, from memory, I'm from 62 through 64, something like that. Your, your memories of being a ball boy, is that, is that something that you hold quite dear? Running up and oh. down there, running up and down the, the, the line, you know, chasing after oh, the ball? Absolutely, yeah, I've got, I've got some funny stories. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> and I mean, talking of, of people who have made the headlines recently, Jimmy Linton passed recently, uh, and he was, because he was, I, was, I was a nine years old, curly-haired little kid as a ball boy, and my first few games, I remember, were behind the rookery goal, and every time... Uh, I was positioned there. Jimmy Linton would come out and give me a bit of chewing gum and pat me on the head and be really nice to me. So I was, I've got a very fond memory of Jimmy Linton. Oh, that's a great, great story. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much. Great no, talking to no you. No problem. As you know, as I said in previous podcasts, uh, George is currently uh, suffering with Alzheimer's uh, and unfortunately won't be at the game tonight, even with Martin's invitation. Uh, but Martin has written a piece in the programme uh, which uh, all about George, uh, which he will be sending to his family to, uh, to read uh, and just remember how important footballers uh, can be, even after 50 years or more, uh, to, to fans of their football club. From the rookery end. So we are now on our way to the uh, ground. Michael has turned up. Hi, Mike. You all right? Hi, the FA Cup, the road to Wembley starts here. Come on, yes, hi. We're seeing the team and starting, <laughs> not on the bench as we just predicted, Alberto Peñaranda. 
in some ways I'm surprised, in other ways I'm not. I'd have been disappointed not to see him. It sort of lends itself perfectly to him making his debut. But what a baptism of fire for him. I mean, <laughs> been here, there and everywhere since he signed for Watford a couple of years ago. And he's going to end up making his debut in the most, with all due respect to, to Woking, in the most difficult circumstances, isn't it? I don't know what he'll know, what he'll be thinking, what he'll, uh, how, what he'll make of it, but... He's been thrown in at the deep end, really, to a degree, hasn't it? Because it's going to be an incredible, it's going to be an abnormal game, if you like. It's not going to be a game the likes of which he's used to, uh, or indeed many of the other Watford squad. So, um, great to see him. It's going to be great to see him in a yellow or, uh, or green shirt. Really excited about finally seeing him kickstart his Watford career. Well, we shall see another man who uh, will be playing for Watford, who uh, hasn't played uh, much at all uh, in, uh, in recent times, is... Uh, Jaredio Gomez. Uh, we know this is going to be his last season, not just at Watford, but as a professional footballer. Uh, so beautiful that he is getting this chance uh, to hopefully shine in the uh, FA Cup. Yeah, it's great to see Jaredio get, get a run out. You just see in some of the some of the video stuff, some of the uh, social media and some of the club website stuff that the club puts out. When Jaredio does pop up, you think, ah, Jaredio's still here, and I'm glad about that. I think he's a uh, I think he's a very, very important uh, presence in the in and around the club. He's always got a smile on his face. I suspect he's very good with the um, with the youngsters. We've got, I think, Dahlberg, who is I think there's high hopes for Pontus Dahlberg as a as a goalkeeper, and I suspect having Gomez and Ben Foster around for him is is a hugely hugely um, important and positive thing. But yeah, great to see him have a run out today. You know, he's hopefully not going to let you down. Where's some wood I can touch really quickly? Um, <laughs> so there we go. Um, so yeah, and you know he'll play with a smile on his face he's a bit of a Watford legend isn't he really Heralio I think for me uh, one of my favourite players over over the course of the past sort of five years six years or so so really great to see him get a, uh, get a run out and I know he'll be uh, he'll be looking forward to it as much as we're looking forward to seeing him in action uh, and we're making our way do you know what I don't even know what the ground's called what's it called I think it's called the Lathwaite Community Stadium well, those classic names. They're on their way there now uh, to see the game uh, and see how Watford do in the third round of the FA Cup against Woking FC. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Mike's surname is Parkin, his son called Arlo, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. Here with Arlo. How are you, Arlo? Good. We've just seen the game. Um, we saw the, the debut of one Alberto Penuranda. What did you think about how he played? I thought he played quite good, but he could have played better and he could have got a goal. Do you think if we'd maybe made a song for him, it would have helped? Yeah. Can you give us that song? Penuranda, Penuranda, he's an awesome scoring panda. Penuranda, he's an awesome scoring panda. There we go. Game done. Watford, 2-0 victors. Yay! 2-0 to the Golden Boys. Uh, away at Woking in the third round of the FA Cup. Into the fourth round draw with me now. It's Kieran, Mike and Colin. 2-0, Mike. Was that all you wanted? I wanted us to win the game, which we did. We controlled it from start to finish. It wasn't very inspiring. That little that was the most excited I got just at the start of the podcast there. Um, <laughs> but Watford did what they had to do into the hat, as you say, for the fourth round. We move on. It was no injuries, no suspensions, but didn't really get the heart 
bumping, did it? He didn't get any of the um, FA Cup goodness that sometimes you hope for. But I don't know what that would have been today. It's either going to be Watford winning 10-0 or Woking win, isn't it? Yeah. Woking defended stoutly, didn't they? they? They did a reasonable job. They kept themselves in it at half-time. But there was never any jeopardy at all at any stage from minute zero to 90, was there? So kind of what we expected, I guess. I don't go home with a sort of blood pumping, there's no adrenaline. I don't think my heart rate got above... I don't know what heart rates are supposed to be, but <laughs> it, it didn't get above what it's not supposed to be at any any stage. And that's the, probably the calmest I've been at a Watford game ever. Ever? Ever. Pre-season? No, calmer than that, because I'm sort of a bit into uh, who we, we need. How's this new signing going to be? How's this going to be? Very, very calm. Very calm. Amazing. But we, the, the big thing about this game, like going forward, in the, yes, we're going forward in the, in the, in the cup, Colin, but uh, there were some players to be seen uh, and they could be going forward, uh, maybe even in the Premier League. You could have said literally every single one of those starting 11 are pushing for a starting, mm. you know, starting position in the, in the Premier League. Not sure all of them. Who, though? I thought Ben Wilmot played very well and the reason I know he played very well is that we hardly noticed him throughout the game but when we did notice him he was just running around covering, anticipating balls over the top there were a lot of high balls he had to deal with and I thought he dealt with that brilliantly and I, I could see him starting alongside Cathcart in a Premier League game I know that Javi really prefers him in midfield but I do think that he has all the qualities that, that, that we need uh, in, in a Premier League centre-back I thought Queener was probably a, possibly man of the match uh, I thought he kept running he's always in space he, he, runs, he runs back and forth across that midfield looking for the ball. He hunts the ball down when he gets it. He normally does something good with it, even if it's safety first. But he's still, you know. So those two stood out for me. I thought, interestingly, of course, Ken came on in the second half. On the left. On the left. <laughs> and what does he do? Beats his man, crosses the ball, and Troy, who's come on with him, taps it in for the second, and we can all breathe a sigh of relief. But uh, so... In, and I thought Messina played very well as well. He, he's, he's a big unit, he's quick, he's fast, and he, it was a good game for him. But some of the others, perhaps we still need to see a little bit more. I didn't think that Chalabar really sort of controlled the midfield in the way that we hoped he would. I thought Cleverly was a little bit in and out in the number 10 role. But um, they, they know that Cleverly's coming back and uh, from a long time out. Chalabar obviously is, is going to take a while to get back to his best. But for me, yeah, Queena, Wilmot. Ken Samar, Messina, definitely uh, improving and looking like we can rely on them in the Premier League. Relying on though, or is that could possibly start? Well, I think with Messina it's tough, isn't it? Because Holobas is in such a rich vein of form. Uh, but I think uh, if we play someone like Newcastle, where they've got Solomon Rondon... We won't Rondon, be. No, we won't be. But it, it, no, I don't mean in the cup, but I mean generally. A team with a big centre-forward like Solomon Rondon. I think, I think uh, Wilmot is a... Is an option for us if Cabaselli's not at his, at his peak and Cathcart's play. I think you know asking Mariapa to go up against Solomon Rondon is is not a great idea. So I think he's definitely uh, a potential starter at the back there. If Javi, he's had a good look at him today as a centre half, and I think he would be impressed in what was quite a physical game. And I think for me, Queener, he just looks very good to me, and I would probably play him now if Decore and uh, Capu are undroppable in the Premier League. Then you would play him in front instead of maybe cleverly or... Uh, but I definitely think he's, he, he's knocking on the door of starting regularly. The bizarre thing of the whole game, Kieran, was w- within 30 seconds, the Woking fans had a thing against Peñaranda. Or, mm. as I heard around it, Bertie. People call him Bertie. So Bertie P. Did that come from anywhere? I don't know. It was up the other end. So I was, I was to the far left of our stand and happened right up the other end. I think they 
felt he went down too easily in the box at one point or something like that. But I thought he did all right. You know, I predicted before the game we wouldn't see him. We wouldn't see him start at least. <laughs> I got that horribly wrong. But um, really good to see him. I, I think going back to what Colin was saying and what you were saying about Ken Summer coming on and driving down the left, getting to the the end. We played and we've been playing all season, most of the season, with inverted wingers, where we have a left-footed player on the right and a left and a right-footed player on the left. So they're always looking to cut inside. Penaranda was doing that today as well. He's always looking to come in on his right hand, on his right hand uh, foot, right side. So it becomes a little bit more predictable. Ken Summer came on within two minutes of coming on. He's driving down the left of the byline. He sets Troy Deeney up. But um, yeah, the Woking fans didn't like Penaranda very much. But um, Foy did okay. I don't think we can judge uh, on the first game. Um, he's going to take time to settle into to English football. But um, no, he did okay, didn't he? Nothing special, but um, didn't do anything wrong, really. I like, I like the fact that the first free kick that came up, he uh, went and grabbed the ball thinking, oh, this is it. We've got a new free kick specialist. He's going to cut it in the top corner. Oh, no, it didn't go anywhere. Maybe, and then, no, then every other free kick we got afterwards, he was nowhere near that ball. <laughs> I, like that, I like that his Watford career started, though. I think that's a positive. We can see it was a difficult afternoon for him today. It was never going to be one of, well, it was always going to be difficult. And I don't, I think he worked hard. I don't think we saw anything that blew our socks off. But his Watford career started. He's up and running. He can start. He's got a taste of first team action. He's a Watford player officially, isn't he? Because people are questioning whether he actually existed at one stage. <laughs> he does now. You've mentioned all the guys there, great squad players, good to get good to get some minutes in their legs. I think it's important that Tom Cleverley had 90 minutes today. Chalabar, I think his quest for form continues. I think he's the one, him and Isaac's success will be the ones that I think that will go home tonight and kick the proverbial cap. Um, I think Isaac struggled again today. Decision-making, I think, is, isn't great. I think he's got the attributes. I think he's got the strength. He's got the pace. I um, don't know whether he can, he's got the, he can shoot or not because he never seems to get into the situation where he gets a shot off. So I think Isaac's success, big question marks over him and he'll be very, very grateful that Andre Gray is still out um, <laughs> because otherwise he's, uh, he's going backwards at the moment, I think, for, for me. He's had a tough, uh, tough couple of games. Oh, there's still a lot to like about him. I like yeah. his strength, I like his directness and I think he's one of those guys, if he gets a bit of confidence, I think he'll be an absolute handful. But he's really, really difficult to play against. But he's, he's struggling. He didn't go missing at all today. I mean, you'd hope a Premier League player wouldn't go missing um, in a game like in the afternoons. But he still kept looking for the ball and he still kept going and kept going. Um, and the same for Chalabar, to, to be fair. I think they're, they're, they're good guys. They're good, committed players, I think. But both, both definitely uh, struggling for form. But good to see those, those squad players come in. And you can only echo what, what um, Colin says about, about Creener. He looks at home, scrapping it or bossing it against against rolling it around against Manchester City he looks a, a real real acquisition for us great stuff Oli uh, you're still with us now Oli at any point did your dread uh, worry that you had uh, for this FA Cup tie the embarrassment that you saw coming towards us when did it when did it go for you was it the first goal was it the second goal or did you even have it in that 90th minute where there could have easily been two late goals from Woking it was a mercifully dull match <laughs> um, I was I was relaxed throughout it was you know it's it like a like a typical Sunday lunchtime in the Wiccan household, really, <laughs> even though I was standing on terrace at a football match. Um, it, was, it was a masterclass in taking the sting out of a game. The, the place was not intimidating in any way as a stadium, as I understand that Northwich Victoria was in 1977. <laughs> they were having a day out, and our, we took the sting out of it. We, uh, it was a masterclass in controlling a match. I think what I hadn't realised was uh, when you do put Premier League players against players from whichever tier it is they're in, uh, six, just the touch and the, the, the control and the moving the ball about, 
it just gets you out of trouble all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they can't do that. So the way that midfields are, are structured these days and it's so tight, they actually can't get past you because they haven't got the touch and the control and the way of playing to do that. If they're going to bash it long, that's probably their best bet. We didn't stick our wingers up, so Janmat and Messina just stayed tucked in right at the back. Four at the back, they were never going to put more than one up front, really, were they? Because they, they're frightened of us. Um, so it was four against one, sweep it up, look after it, and let the... Let the fans enjoy their sandwiches and their flasks on the terrace, just like the old days. <laughs> the good old days. Uh, and we have a good old days Watford FA Cup run uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we're into the pot for the fourth round on Monday evening. Uh, and we'll be back next week with a podcast about a trip to Selhurst. Let's hope it's a 2 0 boring game. It might be lovely if we could just win 2 0 and not feel any dread. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, make sure you can follow us on our social medias at Watford Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and uh, come on, you horns! Yeah.